Hi, I'm John McConnell, President and CEO of Victoria Gold. Victoria is a publicly listed company on the TSX. I recently had a question from an investor. He asked what our minimum uh, market cap was in our history and it was actually back in the late part of 2008. We had a market cap of $12 million. Today we're over a billion dollars. So, you know, a little more than 10 years later, we've uh, been successful at uh, growing the company and taking a, a, an idea through exploration, development and into production. Well done, you. John, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. You're good, good. Well, I'm, I'm seeing you since April, um, but you've been, you've been busy. You've been very busy. You've got your Q2 numbers out as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's been good. And with COVID restrictions relaxing, I've been able to spend more time up at the mine site, which I, I really enjoy. You know, my background is operations, so great to get boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. Well, fantastic. Well, if you thanks for sparing your time today because I know you, you're heading up there shortly as well. Um, should we talk about Q2 results first? Let's have a, let's have a little chat about it. Because when we first met, we were talking about stacking and all year round stacking versus where you're at at the moment. So Q2 numbers, as expected? Yeah, we're tracking right on budget. Um, you know, uh, I know some market people were a little disappointed. They thought they'd be higher, but uh, right on budget. And I'm uh, very happy with the way the operation is performing. And, uh, you know, as we talked about before, till we get to year round stacking, we'll always be back end loaded in terms of our gold production. So, uh, you know, look for uh, quite a change in Q3 and Q4. You know, the improvements we made uh, late last year and early this year when we were shut down are really starting to pay off now. We're seeing stacking rates up significantly and, you know, we're well over budget in terms of stacking in July. So, uh, you know, that should continue. So, well over budget, or do you mean ahead of, ahead of forecast? What do you mean? Uh, just the tons we stacked on the pad. We're well ahead of budget in July, you know, sort of to date. And uh, I think that'll continue uh, in for the balance of Q3 and Q4. Okay, so just to remind people about the conversations we've had in the past with regards to all year round stacking, basically during winter months, a little bit more problematic for the, the agents to actually work. Uh, you know, your whatever your minus thirty degrees uh, type conditions. So, you you how how can you get? You talked about Project Two Fifty K last time we were talking, right? It's where your guys have set themselves a target to get to you know two hundred fifty thousand answers production. Um, how do you get there? Um, are, you, are we going to be doing that in 2022, 2023, 2024? What are, what are you targeting? Yeah, our target is by 2023 to be producing over 250,000 uh, per annum. And that's, you know, there's two things we're doing. One, we'll go to year-round stacking. Um, you know, we've planned about a month shutdown in 2022. And in 2023, we'll uh, go year-round. Um, so that adds, uh, you know, between 40 and 50,000 ounces per year with that alone. 
Um, the other thing we're looking at is we have a large shear zone that runs through the center of the ore body. As it's the same grade as the rest of the ore body, but when we drill and blast, it breaks extremely fine. So we see an opportunity to screen off that material, probably between the primary and secondary crushes, crushers, and that will give us more capacity through the overall plant. So, you know, that probably adds another 30,000 ounces per year. So Project 300, is that what we're aiming for? <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the guys at site are already calling it Project 300. Fantastic. Good boys. Um, okay, so you, and, and just give us the highlights for the um, Q2 numbers, just so I've got a sense of where you're at today versus, you know, we've been talking about where you want to go. Yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, the important number is gold production and, uh, you know, again, we're right on budget and, you know, we've really turned the corner. You know, the heap leach is very simple. You know, there's keys, you've got to get ore on the pad and get area under leach. You do those two things and the amount of gold production goes up. Sounds very simple, but uh, sometimes, uh, you know, conveyors break down, or you don't get the lines out properly. And so it's just getting very disciplined about getting ore on the pad and area under leach. Then the gold comes up. You make, you make it sound so simple. Um, well, look, I think obviously the results have been out. The QT results have been out. You're clearly expecting, because um, of this, the seasonality component, the Q3 and Q4 will be better. How much better? And does that set the tone for Q1, Q2 next year? Or again, will the kind of seasonality component come back to play? Yeah, you know, our guidance hasn't changed. Um, we're still guiding between 180 and 200,000 ounces uh, for the year. Um, so, you know, we need to be producing, uh, say, plus 70,000 ounces in Q3 and Q4 to achieve that. But we don't see any issue there. Right. Okay. But then again, I just want to help manage people's expectations of what will then happen in Q1, Q2 next year. Obviously, you'll be guiding a lower amount and then playing catch up at the end of the year again, won't you? Yeah. And, you know, you got to remember that, uh, you know, our full leach cycle is uh, closer to 150 days. So, you know, you get ore on the pad, you don't necessarily get that gold off for, uh, you know, six months. Right. But, but, but so what, 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 why, why do the numbers get affected in, in Q1 when it's cold? When, what, what's happening? Physically, oh, because we're not stacking on, we're not stacking ore on the pad. Right. Okay. So that that's what you mean by season. It's not a case of it. It it, yeah, the, it stops the, working. The leaching it. itself, the leaching itself works fine. It's just you're not getting new fresh ore on the pad. Right. So and why why is that? I just again, people may not have seen the previous interview. I'm just going to just explain that. Why why are you not able to do that? Yeah, we're being conservative. Um, you know, we're following the same uh, plan that Kinross did at Fort Knox. What you don't want to do is freeze a section of the pad. So we're being careful. And, you know, we've got two winters under our belt now. We've, uh, there's been a lot of lessons learned, you know, and we know what to watch for and what to do and what not to do. So, 
you know, I, I still think this year we'll probably shut down for, you know, some of the coldest days. So probably a, a month, but, uh, you know, again, we'll learn from that. And uh, as I said, in 2023, get to year round stacking. Okay, brilliant. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure people can look at the the, the Q, Q2 uh, announcement and kind of get into the numbers there. I wanted to talk to you about something which I think is really interesting, which is uh, core mining or curl mining. Um, they've obviously picked up the Orion uh, shares. Um, what, what does that mean? What should, what should, what should we be re- reading into that? How do we interpret that? Yeah, they essentially purchased uh, half of Orion shares. Mm-hmm. So they bought 17.8% of Victoria. Orion is still a large shareholder at over 18%. Um, but, you know, they've, uh, you know, told people they want to purchase all of Victoria. So they've essentially put us in play. So we've opened a data room. Um, we've invited uh, a number of other mid-tier and senior producers to sign CAs and also uh, have a look at our data room. And we would expect, uh, you know, uh, a number of those companies will do site visits uh, in August and uh, perhaps present uh, management with uh, a proposal uh, the end of August, early September. So we've seen a few of these scenarios this this year. Uh, M and A is in the air, where some companies have let a major walk in unaccompanied and just and uh, take a big position in, in, in the company and made it not gone out and got competitive. Uh, Tenders got you know you got to have this competitive tension whenever you're trying to sell a company right so you've obviously taken care of that picked up the phone there's a few people in your data room at the moment um, and you know Kerr have got the benefit of sitting on 17.8 percent of your shares now is that sorry is that deal closed now is it complete they 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 have the shares right okay yes. so that's closed um, that makes it difficult not impossible for others to step in. Does it? Well, you've got to remember, Orion still has a, a very large block. Um, I, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it makes it difficult for others, but not out of the question. Um, the other thing we did was we put in place a shareholder's rights plan uh, that runs through until October. And that prevents Coor from going into the market and buying more. You know, they can't go above 20%. Uh, So, you know, there's a good opportunity for someone else to come forward and, uh, you know, challenge core. For for a period. I mean, how how long is that uh, shareholders' rights in place for? Yeah, it's until about mid-October. Oh, it's not long. You know, there is a possibility that, uh, you know, we could extend that, but... uh, you know, voting services don't like shareholder rights plans, so they would probably be advising their clients not to vote in favor of a, an extension to the shareholder rights plan. So it, it was always the intent of Orion to offload some of the shares. Is that, is, is that true to say? Um, you know, Orion is a private equity firm. They're uh, in the business of making money for their limited partners, and that doesn't include being long-term shareholders of a mining company. So uh, 
you know, we always knew they would, uh, you know, at some point want to uh, return their uh, money to their their uh, limited partners. So. so does that give us a sense of, you know, how Orion valued you? You're a billion, billion dollars Canadian, right, as of today. You know, we're a little bit higher, a few, you know, few weeks ago um does that say to them they think that you are well valued at the moment and they needed to kind of cash in rather than wait for your project 250 or your project 300 to kind of kick in so did they and do they did they let you know that this was going to be happening now no but uh you know we always knew that at a certain point they'd breach uh you know their criteria for selling Right. Does that just on the question? Do you think that they called it right in terms of the valuation? I don't suppose you know, CEO. You're going to say, of course not. You're undervalued. But they, <laughs> they, they, they did pull the they did pull the ripcord now, and I just think it's an interesting timing. Did they? Did so? Did you have any conversations with them before, during, or after with regards to their their rationale? Did you have any say as to who could step in and, and um, pick this up? Did you have any choice? Uh, no conversation. I heard about it, uh, you know, an hour before the press release went out. Uh, Orion uh, called me. Okay, you told me in the past you want to get get this um, up and running, build a mine, be a significant producer. Do you want to be taken out? Um, it's. I don't think it's a matter of want to or don't want to. Because, you know, I do own 1% of Victoria, but that's not enough to uh, sway the vote. Um, my preference would be to use Eagle as the basis to build another mid-tier mining company. You know, it's low cost, long life asset. And, uh, you know, I think you can do that. But I've always known it would be a very attractive asset for a mid-tier senior to own as well. So how do you play this, right? So I know you've got to do it. Everything you do is at the behest and uh, for the benefit of the shareholders, right? I, I get it. But if you think that you've got something good here, how do you say to your shareholders, I think we've got something good here. We are producing cash. We can produce a lot more. Perhaps we can build this up into something bigger and, and, and better. We can go on an acquisition trail ourselves. There are targets, producing targets, which we will not have to overpay for. Is that a conversation that you've got the energy to have? Or do you think, well, let's, you know, let, let's, let, um, let Kerr do what they do. If they put it in a bid, I'll just, I'll accept it. I mean, how, how defensive do you play it? How aggressive do you play it? And because you got, it's a tough decision for you. Yeah, I think there's a couple things. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Project 250K, uh, you know, we're doing the engineering now and we'll get, you know, some information into the market, uh, you know, that uh, demonstrates how we plan to do that. Um, you know, we've never really had a hard look at the exploration potential of the area. You know, we've been focused the last 10 years on moving Eagle forward and to be quite honest, haven't had the cash to do a proper exploration. So we're doing that now. You know, our program this year is, uh, you know, uh, 10 to 12 million and we're leaving no stone unturned, so to speak. And uh, 
you know, I think we're up to four drills running now and hope to have a fifth on board here shortly and, you know, demonstrate that uh, this is a district. It's not a single asset. Um, uh, I think that'll come together and uh, hopefully Coor and others will recognize the exploration potential. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting to me the way you were talking because you, using a, you've used a phrase there I think people wouldn't have naturally thought of, which you know you were cash constrained on the exploration side, right? You, you need, we need to get this thing up and running into production, produce some cash. That's what the focus has got to be. But the district wide potential of this is not something that you've had the money to be able to do. So that that the way you're talking about it suggests to me that you you would be happy to have that conversation with. Core, you'd be happy to have that conversation with your shareholders rather than just say, okay, my work is done. I've built a billion dollar company. Off we go. I, I'm, I'm done now. Is that, am I reading you right? Well, I just want to make sure that uh, if Core or another company uh, make an offer for Victoria, um, it's maximized for our shareholders and that they understand the full value of the. Eagle plus the district. Okay, well that's okay. That's a that's a different positioning then. So uh, you want to between now and October, when when this uh, shareholder rights runs out, be able to drive people the potential value of this thing up a little bit further. So you get a you, you get a like you get a better deal, but you don't necessarily want to build this thing out. You know, I'm again. You know, I don't control that, but, you know, my personal preference, I would rather use Eagle as a, the base asset to build a company. Right. And, you know, I think the best growth assets are in our own backyard. Um, you know, we've looked at other opportunities in the Americas and we haven't seen a lot of assets we'd like to buy, but, uh, you know, we haven't had the time to go through that in very rigorously either. So, does it does it matter whether this asset sits as Victoria Gold or sits within within Kerr? Because do they have the team to actually go and do the work? Would would you expect to be part of some sort of um, joint management team, joint development team, um, joint production team? I mean, how, how does it work if someone? like a Kerr came along and uh, offered you money? Well, I don't think you, you need two CEOs, but uh, they'd be foolish not to, uh, you know, try and hire uh, my senior management team because uh, they've done an excellent job. But, uh, you know, Coor has the Rochester heat leach mine in uh, Nevada, which uh, has a lot of similarities to Eagle. Uh, they also have the wharf heat bleach mine in South Dakota. So, you know, they're familiar with heat bleaching and, uh, you know, mining. So, okay. Um, your, your announcement, um, with regards to the deal with Core was quite, quite, it was quite, quite quiet. It was quite, quite passive. You didn't make a big deal out of it. Is, is it not a big deal? Well, I mean, you know, nothing has changed for us yet. You know, they're just another shareholder. They don't have a right to uh, a seat on the board of directors. Uh, so, you know, they have very little influence over how we operate. Interesting. Okay. Well, did they not ask for one? No, they haven't to date. And we just had our 
AGM a few weeks ago and, uh, you know, re-elected the current set of directors. So, you know, there's not really an opportunity to change that until the next AGM. Okay. Have you any uh, desire to do any um, share buybacks yourself with the NCIB or do you need all yeah, money going in the ground? We've, we've put uh, a share buyback uh, in place. Uh, we haven't used it to date. You know, our shares have uh, been on a nice trajectory up, so there's been no need. But, uh, you know, we have that option now. Right. And and to what what scale? I mean, how, how much can you buy back? Uh, I think it's up to 10% per year. Okay. Okay. So that would normally, just so, so I understand how these things work, normally if you were under a potential takeout position, would you be doing share buybacks? Because obviously that drives the share price, but um, or is it smarter to actually put that money instead in the ground because you know expiration drives value? I mean, how, how do you balance those decisions? Yeah, I think right now for us, uh, we're better off to do exploration. Um, you know, the other thing that share buyback does is it increases the percent a suitor owns, like core. Well, that would, but that's also, I guess, part of the tactic, which you could you could drive them to a point. Is that why they only picked up seventeen point eight percent? Because you did do that, um, because you could drive them to a point where they'd have to make a decision at twenty percent, wouldn't you? If they get over, is it over twenty percent in Canada? Yeah, right. But you're not doing that. That's not part of the tactics. No. No. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. Um, so, John. Um, well, look. It, like appreciate appreciate the update today. Um, what, what should we be looking out for? Obviously, Q three, Q four look like they'll be you know seventy thousand ounce quarters is is the guidance. You feel confident about that? Um, should we be looking out for for a bid from another suitor? Is that uh, coming? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Okay, we'll stay tuned um, for that. Uh, so you've got what? Do you, what did you say? Three other groups you're talking to? Uh, no, I didn't say a number. I said numerous. You spotted my cunning ploy. Okay, good. Well, like, uh, I, can't tell, I can't tell you more than three. More than three. Okay. But less than five. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> John, like, good, good to catch up with there, you. Uh, you know, I just, you know, conclude with, there's a lot of interest in Victoria. You know, uh, there are not very many uh, 200,000 plus ounce producers in a safe jurisdiction with uh, all in sustaining costs less than, uh, you know, we're still guiding less than, you know, $900 per ounce, life of mine. Uh, there just aren't any out there. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people uh, Knocking at the door. I mean, well, just on that, actually, you got me thinking. Um, say if part of your strategy, and you did speak to Core, and you did Core, uh, and you did speak to your shareholders and said, "Look, we've got a we've got a lot within our own portfolio in terms of exploration potential, but with a simple acquisition, we could this could be transformative. We could we could." move to very very quickly to a three four hundred thousand ounce a year producer. How do you go about, presumably you'd also want something either Yukon or North American at least um, to do that. 
how do you do that without overpaying in this market? Can people know your position and the reasons reasons why? Is, is M&A a realistic possibility for you is what I'm asking? Um, not in the short term. You know, we're, we're running this process now and, uh, you know, we'll see how this plays out. Okay, good man. Well, extend shots, Sean, and let's know how you get on, okay? All right.